0: important disclaimer in its entirety all participants of this thug crowd radio episode are characters none of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts truth or reality all works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal.
1: I just realized, again,
2: Interpreter was muted here. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> Let's start it over again.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Thug Crowd. We're st- I am having the worst typical difficulties right now.
0: I actually okay. did. Um, it just dropped me for a minute.
2: Interpreter looks like it's muted still.
1: Um, uh, no, no, it's no. Uh, it's on. I see it going. Oh, I got the feedback. Um, one second, though. Um. But yeah. How is everybody doing today? <laughs> Yo, not bad. Doing good. Pretty excellent. Yeah, chilling. Oh yeah. Anyone do anything cool this weekend? I slept. It was fucking cool. I'm just kidding. I didn't sleep.
3: Uh, I did uh, Western Regional CCDC red teaming.
1: Nice. How was that?
3: It was a lot of fun. Uh, We basically just uh, played around a bit. And then at the end, we deleted the rm, rf, slash boot, and then power off (laughs) one of the boxes. And uh, then if the teams hadn't changed the default password on their SQL instance. My SQL instances I deleted um, like the database for the web app which was like a media wiki and I replaced it with a database just called press f to pay (laughs) respects and uh, apparently the slack and discord was just spammed with F's for a
1: bit.
4: (laughs) I had some emergency patches
1: to apply this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah, I lived a no sleep life and uh, got
5: around to uploading those PowerShell script jaunts from the uh, 24 hour charity thing. Oh,
1: yeah, dude. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's been a crazy weekend.
2: Definitely has. (laughs) Um, So, tonight uh, we will be talking to uh, Mr. Bad Packets himself, Bad Packet Support. I'm um, excited to talk about all the stuff that they also see on the internet as well.
1: Their their feed is definitely top notch for weird shit happening. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So um, let's uh, jump right into it. Actually, I realized here that I meant
2: to sw- swap the two top stories here. So we should do the FaceTime bug one first, and then talk about the first one listed after that um so facetime uh what's up
1: <laughs>
2: so i i don't have an iphone um but i know that some people here have um done or played with this and what did people found i guess
4: so basically there was this kid who plays fortnite uh, that was a big part of the story uh, but he found a bug where if you add your own phone number or somebody else's phone number into a group FaceTime chat that you're already on a call with them, you can listen in to their phone uh, without them. Oh,
1: yeah, I forgot. That was a a
3: whole different part of the story is that, yeah, apparently some kid had like independently found this before um, you know, it was someone else did. And uh, The mom just didn't know, like, how to go about, like, the right avenue of reporting the thing to get it taken seriously.
1: Yeah.
4: Apparently, they reached out to Apple support, but they didn't get anything back from them.
1: I mean, that's definitely, like, a thing that when somebody
2: who's, like, younger, somebody who's not, I guess, well-connected, it's very difficult to do any sort of disclosure. And that definitely highlights it for for all companies and all sorts of... um, like, avenues in general. Like, what do you do if you are reporting a bug in something huge and you aren't um, a security researcher? That's that huge thing that's going to keep coming up. Apple's had yeah. way too many of
4: these, like, simple UI bugs that are, like, just devastating. Like, click three times on the login button and you got a root desktop or add somebody's phone number to a FaceTime and listen on their phone. But they also, do the low-level stuff so well, which is, like, kind of the pain. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it's not not very long ago when we were talking about the uh, remote, like, crash from Project Zero.
1: Did anybody get it working? Uh, not before
4: uh, Apple disabled it, unfortunately.
3: I uh, was talking with Whitey Cracker earlier today, and he said that he had it working. Uh, before they broke it.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. I saw it. It was nuts. You got it. That, somebody was suggesting that
0: it should be a law in the United States that all recording devices should have uh, the LEDs connected to the power. I kind of thought that was an interesting idea.
3: Yeah. I'm surprised we don't see that uh, more as, yeah. like, a line, obviously, companies would
2: incentivize to do it, but...
1: Put yeah, tape definitely... on your
2: phones,
4: kids.
1: <laughs>
2: it's definitely a good uh, best practice, though, to have that you know, on any sort of device to have. Because, I mean, that's that's not difficult to do either, especially if it's just a microphone. You just attach an LED to it.
1: Yeah.
2: So um, just be activated when there's power applied to the microphone anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely a good thing but yeah there's a lot of different interesting issues that came up i saw some people saying that it wasn't really a bug and that it wasn't an issue and then i saw people that were freaking out about it there's just a lot of different weird perspectives but i think the main take is that it needs to be one it needs to be a thing where people can report the companies better i think this kind of highlights it because this is yeah. out for eight days i mean i i can't imagine the scenarios where there are certain people just waiting for something like this to happen so that they could, you know, do whatever they were trying to do, whether it's law enforcement or some, you know,
1: criminals, like, regardless. Um, yeah, interesting to see how that bug just sort of floated out there for a bit.
3: Yeah, it's one of those things where you always say uh, design and technology and features with uh like an abusive ex in mind and it's like this is one yeah. of those things where it's like big yikes
2: yeah absolutely
0: well um but it, it, the people that were saying it was a feature were definitely wrong like <laughs> i don't think that was intended to use, be used right
3: yeah like oh this <laughs> fucking guy again i don't want
0: to pick this shit up can you imagine like, if they actually did make that a fucking feature and they're like yeah we it's the new spy phone or whatever the fuck yeah
4: doesn't uh, donald trump use an iphone
0: oh yeah that was the other thing yeah you never know dude gotta hope that it's secure right
2: i hope so <laughs> <laughs> um
4: chris hey. oh who is it chris Christie or uh Lindsey graham has a flip phone still i think it's Lindsey graham i'm gonna get one that's pretty elite
0: yeah
3: not the worst idea
0: that's when you know somebody's like definitely into some fucking
1: shady shit when they have a flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> I do know so, where the where drugs are at. Right, right.
2: <laughs> um, Someone in chat just says, if the LED can be bypassed, can't the switch? They're talking about physical shutoffs and stuff. So, if you were to have a, an inline um, LED with a microphone, anytime that power was applied to it even if it was to just while someone was talking at the base level you could like you know be able to with that microphone is on that would be able to be powered like Yeah, yeah switch to ground was like sunk on the led it would be attached to the same ground as the microphone and you know that kind of thing would be the way that you would you would implement something like that and it wouldn't be that difficult um from a hardware perspective but definitely um I don't know if this is more of a feature for law enforcement or other people um, that right. who knows
0: <laughs> I it's interesting too because like uh putting a light on or an LED for a microphone versus camera makes like I don't know it kind of makes more sense in a way mm-hmm. uh, they both make sense right but for a microphone you can't just take a quick snap like you can with a camera like mm-hmm that doesn't make sense to do a microphone for like one second, right? But mm-hmm. with the camera, you can just do on and off real quick and bypass almost the LED mm-hmm. idea. But with a uh, microphone, yeah, you would notice that after a certain amount of time.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely interesting stuff to consider for future generations of hardware developers.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
2: Um yeah, so the next thing we'll move on to here uh there's two stories about uh crackdowns on some um silly websites here the first one it was the first story on this list here um was authorities shutting down this uh exdetic um service that was a basically just like selling access to a bunch of hacked servers and so um yeah europol and fbi um had announced they had seized the domains and um they were shutting down the websites and also getting access to its list of customers. Um, And so, yeah, this thing, this is a couple of different uh, services like this have been targeted lately, and I think it's a good thing. Um, The other one of this as well is, um, what was it? Uh, Webstressor.org. So Webstressor.org got taken down a little bit ago, but now the law enforcement is actively pursuing um, these people who were using it and um making actual criminal cases on them so it's uh interesting
0: <laughs> dude yeah i saw that and somebody mentioned that they were accepted paypal
1: yeah uh, like people, uh, that's
0: like people doing some dude, shit. you're gonna pay for ddos stuff with your paypal okay <laughs> you
4: may as well write a check from your mom's bank account
0: right <laughs> it's yeah like take basic opsec steps like let's let's start by not using paypal for ddos let's start there yeah no also i mean
2: something this
4: is to
0: interesting... note... also something to note is that they said they're going to go after all the users. yeah yeah well that's kind of what i was getting at so like these people are paying for it with paypal and then they're going to be like
1: what what if you're
4: using the service legitimately like sorry was this the one where they were renting hack servers or was this
2: just a stressor well, we're talking about both of them, and they're kind of in the same context. There's really, like, very, 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 very few people are going to be using that for legitimate purposes of stress testing their firewall or network config. Like, yeah. most of this stuff is just strictly crime. It's just the same as like, oh, you get these are only for uh, these bongs are only for tobacco. Like, kind of. Thing. <laughs> There's like one dude who's just doing who's smoking, smoking fucking bugler tobacco out of a uh, out of a bong. And like, like throwing up after. That's pretty much
1: it. I feel <laughs> that's if, a fucking uh,
2: analogy. It's
3: for research only purposes, educational purposes. Botnet.
0: Right. There's yeah. like bath salts. I the, yeah, these me. bath
2: salts are only for bath use. Only this uh potpourri. <laughs> not to be smoked it's k2 spice sexy edition (laughs) so yeah it's the same thing it's it's people are definitely using these things for crimes there's not really a legitimate purpose if you are going to do a stress test there's obviously lots of tools you can use things like chaos monkey or other sorts of random crazy uh repos that can do this for you it's never a good idea to do any of this kind of thing especially with your real info um that is just mostly for crimes there's not going to be very much legitimate legitimate use for it because people who are legit network people as well aren't Mm -hmm. going to go to (laughs) webstressor.org that's not like yeah yeah. that's not the place to be
0: it's there's a different term for it too when like in the actual industry like if you're in if you're a network engineer you're not calling it a stressor you're typically Mm -hmm. saying something else
1: yeah
2: i mean there's a bunch of different like services that seem to offer this. And a lot of the people who do that are just covering, like same with the Mirai kids who were doing the same thing. Like they were offering legitimate services supposedly, but it was just, yeah. Anybody who who has DDoS mitigation in their uh, LinkedIn bio, <laughs> probably a user.
1: So yeah. Um,
2: Interesting, though, uh, definitely uh, lesson learned. I think the good thing, though, the thing is interesting about this is that in some of the cases, they are trying to uh, get the people who were using those into actual cybersecurity careers, which is cool. Um, I think that that's definitely a good approach to um, this sort of issue because, I mean, yeah, they're being dumb and using a booter that they paid for with their mom's PayPal. But, I mean, it, if you can get somebody to take that little bit of inspiration Um, and actually apply it and develop a skill set. I think it's definitely valuable. So kudos to uh, Europol and the rest of the people who are trying to help those kids. So sweet. Um, So next one here, speaking of uh, botnets, um, criminals are going after uh, Cisco's RV320 and RV325 routers with a new exploit with uh, admin remote code execution. (laughs) Um, That's fun. Mm. Yeah, and so basically what they're saying is that this was uh, released, um, actually, it's funny, the ZDNet thing, is, the person in there is replying to bad packets report um, on there. Um, so, you know, people are are immediately started applying this uh, exploit to their bots and their, their nets, actually trying to leverage those to load their own weird uh, Non-stripped, debug symbols enabled uh, malware, uh, Mirai malware, <laughs> uh, onto these boxes here, um, and so yeah, it's um, definitely interesting to see the life cycle though. When it comes out on Twitter, comes out anywhere on GitHub, within hours, it's already being leveraged. Maybe even less than an hour. I
4: uh, yeah. woke up to the Twitter post about that and had to run somewhere quickly.
2: Yeah,
0: no, it's definitely. <laughs> I thought you meant to your botnet. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh-huh. yeah uh, don't
0: leave your RV320 uh,
4: interface exposed to the yeah. internet. It's a pretty bad idea. Agreed. Yes. If you do need to remotely manage it, maybe at least restrict it off to your own
0: Laryngia. That's a tough one, though. I mean, like, granted, like, it's a good thing to do security wise, but like, you shouldn't have to. But then again, yeah. it's hard to code secure shit, right?
4: These RV320s and stuff, they don't get patched a lot. Okay. Uh, like, one client that I had, they use RV130 and 320s for their shit. Uh, I looked at it. They basically had never been patched. Like, when I went through the version history, I don't think there were too many patches on Cisco's website either. Uh, I guess they're only doing it for, like, super critical stuff. But even if you go on the box and you, like, look at, like, what's running on it, they got, like, NGINX
1: 1.1, like stuff like that. Yeah, um, no, it means also related to
2: somewhat um, hooks POC, which is in the cheat code section of our show notes um, for CVE 2018 uh, 18 852 um, which is pretty cool. It's uh, for serial routers, so check that out, because he he did that. <laughs> cool shit. Um, so yeah, the next one is also concerning IoT devices is Got me mixed feelings here. So, Japanese government is planning to hack citizens' IoT devices before the 2020 Olympics um, in order to secure them. So, they're basically planning on, you know, on Japanese uh, networks and IP space, going and um, like trying to actually break into them and apply more secure configs. This is something that is like the dream of a lot of people, and they're just like, "I wish I could just break into every single one of these stupid things and put a real password on it." Um, But they're actually trying to do it, and so they're um, testing the security of uh, 200 million IoT devices, and everything from you know governments and and infrastructure to people's homes um, are going to be in the scope. And so, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this
1: though, because this is definitely an interesting approach to actually uh, handling this. That's a slippery slope. What do you mean? I mean,
4: what's to stop North Korea from doing shit like that, and then just like, leaving their own acts? Like, who knows? They can just use the facade of, oh, we're doing good things for people.
0: Maybe, well, what if they were doing good things, though? but then they left their access in.
4: <laughs> yeah, like Russia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right, right, the admin. Uh... We will
4: use the same credential across all of the Mongol databases.
0: Yes. Did anybody?
4: Nobody
1: call... will miss it. That, is that in our list? I don't want to jump too far ahead, but yeah, that's funny. I don't actually think it is. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a minute.
0: The at that- uh, admin at Kremlin, are you? And like tons of Mongo databases, <laughs> and there's a uh, there's a password hash associated with it too. I think I don't know if it's uh, the same in every single list or what, but I was interested if anybody found that.
4: I read about I it. Um, I don't know factually
1: whether they were all the same password, but I'm pretty sure they were. I think I read something like that. Interesting stuff though. Ah, so okay.
2: <laughs> next one here. Are oh someone gonna say, say something? No, no. Okay. Um so this one here, if my internet loads, um, is about DNS hijacking. Um it's happening on US Gov domains. But this website is taking a very long time to load.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with DNS lately. DNS is yeah. like a huge, huge topic lately. And
2: so it says that our technical cannot be reached um, so props to everybody with their uh, Cisco router volumes, but the DNS attacks I guess I'll, I'll just go off of what I read um, was about um, there was some people that are basically like hijacked some accounts that had access to uh, DHS DNS uh, stuff and they just basically hijacked and pointed to new records um, which They're probably severely understaffed because of the government shutdown at the time, and definitely leads to a really bad situation, which I feel like I'm surprised that more horrible, horrible shit didn't happen to government stuff that we know of um, in the time of the shutdown because people were just not able to afford to work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's going to be crazy to see what comes out of that. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for all these implications, you know?
3: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, uh, especially considering we don't necessarily know what like their log retention policies are and how long this is gonna go.
0: Yeah, I think usually government's pretty long because it has to be available for the public. So I, I don't know if that includes logs actually or not, but I would imagine that they have, <clears throat> excuse me, decent retention, but we'll see. Who know? I know a lot of them uh, were their password was um, expired when they came back in. So like entire data centers were uh, and help desks were overrun with people resetting their passwords.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's definitely sad to see because it's just like it's people aren't making the choice to say I'm not going to work. It's just like I can't like physically afford to go to the office, and because of that it just leaves booking stuff like this just happening and people not even able to get information across people are quitting it's insane
0: yeah truly uh good job at like destroying everything
2: <laughs> <laughs> um so my speaking of destroying everything my internet is i don't know what happened i cannot load anything now so this is awesome uh, the next one that we have on here, though, in this cached copy of the show notes, is uh, the pair PHP stuff, which I didn't read too much into, but I know that some of you guys know a bit more about PHP than I do, so anybody have anything to say about this?
1: You know, that,
0: was that? It looks like somebody definitely backdoored it, huh? What did they get access yeah. to? Do you remember? Wait, what? Uh, do you remember what they got access to? Did they just take over pair project uh, servers, or what? Like credential reuse.
3: I don't remember (laughs) exactly, but I remember thinking that it uh, sounds sounds a lot like all the rest of these like uh, software supply chain sort of things. Right? Or is this like it's not like a a new story necessarily, but it's just uh, pretty large. I think it might just be ours because I can't load the the article either.
2: Yeah, what happened <laughs> yeah i got
0: nothing on that link too by the
3: way
2: i can't load it either.
0: well i was able to load it
1: um <laughs> but uh yeah it's good for the- so on pair.php.net uh in blank html
4: pair server is down Security breach has been found on HTTP pair.php.net web server. With a tainted oh, probe-pair.far yeah. oh, damn! I
1: think the you... Pair
0: website
4: itself has been disabled until a known clean site can be rebuilt. A more detailed announcement will be on the Pair blog once it's back online.
3: Wow, if you've installed pairPHP PHP in the last six months, though,
4: you <laughs> may oh, be wait. infected. Is that expanded? Um, the only other thing they say is if you downloaded it in the past six months, get a new copy from GitHub and compare the
0: hashes. Yeah, it does say six months. Damn, that's so crazy. <laughs> that's six months worth of like installs. I wonder what that's the information is on that. Yeah, that's great. I, I did not do that uh, pair.php.net thing until just now. That's uh, awesome. That's a good find. Oh, Christ. i have never heard of pair. <laughs> John, is that you? I don't
5: know. He must have gone back to the boat. <laughs> Man. Huh? My whole discord voice just died for a moment turns out it was the noise cancellation, but in the meantime I had a, a
1: very profound experience <laughs> Oh my Let's
2: god, go
5: back to the yeah, show. I
2: can't load, like any website so I'm glad that you guys also couldn't load our but everything is down for me. It's good stuff.
4: So what actually is Pear? Give me a second.
5: Uh, pair is uh, used for um, Installing PHP modules, I guess, similar to like uh, was yeah. it Peckle for uh, for for Perl, but just for PHP. They're equally as bad. <laughs>
0: Got it. <laughs> well, but so the, the part of that that's a key though is it's for installing modules. It's like a it's a user-friendly tool for people that aren't as technically maybe adept. And you're going to end up with people that are rooted that have zero clue, even after this news story probably came out.
3: Yeah. Did you say attacker-friendly
0: tool? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much.
3: <laughs> Hell
1: yeah. Yep. We so us Technica things. just actually loaded for me. If you guys maybe haven't... Lucky. They had a 12 like,
6: a second DDoS. Yep, F5 worked.
0: What about that Chinese app? <laughs>
2: Yeah, hold on, Shell. Uh, my Discord just went down, and I can't actually access anything at all now. Um, So could you potentially go on the Parsec? Just like telling you on voice, because I can't type to you right now.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> this is a backup, just in case. To keep this suggestion alive. Um, so yeah, the next thing, though, is the um, Chinese app that is been launched to tell you if you are within 500 yards of someone in debt. And it also encourages you to report them if they look like they're spending money on other things. It's probably the most petty wow. thing that I've ever fucking heard. Um, and yeah, it's definitely some dystopian shit.
0: That is fucked up, man. People that are in that position are already stressed the fuck out. And then you're right? going to impress them by having the entire fucking world around them come up to them and be like, you should pay your bills.
5: Yeah, but... Yeah, it's, What's the incentive for like snitching on someone being like, Whoa, I saw that motherfucker buy ice cream? I like, think there's
4: like either. a social credit system. Uh I think they like assign you like good boy or bad boy points basically.
5: But does this actually like is it does it say anywhere in here that you get that for reporting someone or?
4: No, but I read about it somewhere else and I'd assume that they're related.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: yeah. I mean yeah. You know? I was
2: doing that too. There's there's been also reports of people in China like on like uh, displays like in public that are just being named and shamed for like owing money or like jaywalking. Oh, jaywalking!
1: Like that. Yeah, yeah.
5: But uh, uh... I, I wonder if you could like manipulate the app in a way to mark someone as like being in, and then every time they like go on a date or something like anything they do anything and like they just people just start shunning them. I am sure that?
2: that it has some vulnerabilities in it. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure that there's some Windows Server 2003 that has the back end for this whole thing. Um,
3: oh yeah, I mean, they're exactly. getting a data feed in from somewhere and they're allowing people to submit like companies probably to submit to this database.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and the, the access
5: and... so for the authority on who is like quote bad person point finger like that's interesting. If you if someone's able to easily manipulate that, and all of a sudden uh, some row in the database is affecting how someone's treated in real life, that's uh, that's. I mean, dude, information dystopia.
0: Like, uh, Black Mirror didn't even fucking come up with something that that <laughs> evil. <laughs> they literally haven't. That's a great idea, but damn, not only for Black Mirror, not, not real life. Let's stop this.
4: What I'd wonder yeah. is if, like, a Chinese national who is, like, let's say living in the States might have data in this system, would I, as, like, an American, be able to use this to determine whether or not I would want to lend them?
5: <laughs> uh, well, a... you probably don't have access to the app store, so <laughs> you're going to have to get behind that great firewall. Yeah, that's a good point yeah um Um, it's definitely scary as shit the
2: every time that there's a new thing that just appears that state-sponsored uh people oppressing software is just yeah absolutely mind-blowing and it just sucks to see that other countries then take this and they see it as a model for them to apply for behavior uh control and i feel like i'm sounding like fucking alex jones but that's just literally like what this is made for and it's definitely uh terrifying to see that i'm gonna call it now in five years there's gonna be
5: microchips in people's dicks um that's that's i i don't think look i think in the west we're pretty far from uh having this uh information like socially available Um, but i think we're definitely pretty close to having it like you know privately available kind of thing
2: yeah, for, like, law enforcement and things like that, too, like, just constantly monitoring you, and if you have, like, a record or anything, like, you, you know, at a checkpoint, you get stopped. Like, there's so much crazy shit like that. Oh,
1: yeah. I think it's well,
2: like, yeah. the unification incentivization of the the whole, um, like it's, like, Pokemon Go for, like, snitching on people. It's, like, <laughs> this is like, what it has become, and it's, like, that's oh, scary yeah. to think that there's people that are, like, thinking that, <laughs> crazy. and thinking that that's a cool way to, like, get people to, like, be better, and, like,
5: it's not, Dude, just... Imagine, okay, so say you've got a low social score in the system and you're awarded social, like, points for snitching. Exactly Pokemon Go. You run around looking for snitches and even if they're not spending money on shit, you just say they are. Oh, I saw this guy buy, like, one extra dumpling. Fuck him. Oh, yeah. you get points and then you just go find the next guy and you go snitch on him and you get more points and then all of a sudden your social score is, like, raised. By like trying to catch them all, but the yeah, the like right line funny. for
0: snitching—that's amazing.
5: That's a really good line.
2: Yeah, I think it's like yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah, it becomes the gym leader of like behind a train station. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, before we get to fucking, this is making me depressed as fuck. Um, but going on to even more depressing shit, not in the same way. But the next one that we have on here is uh, watch a hacker access Nest cameras and demand people subscribe to PewDiePie. God damn it with you fucking PewDiePie hacks. I'm literally like, <laughs> I, I honestly, I shout out to the people who do this for raising awareness about this, but why PewDiePie? I. <laughs> So this person, SideFX, uh, great 90s acronym, um, had said that they had uh, found 300 exposed cameras in a matter of minutes, and they're able to use, apparently, nestchecker.exe to um, go through a bunch of uh, credentials and see which ones were active on Nest, and then from there, he was able to um, talk to some people on their cameras on Nest and say, subscribe to PewDiePie.
3: I don't want to sound like the uh, the get-off-my-lawn guy, but fucking get-off-my-lawn, kids. Agreed.
5: <laughs> <Injured. laughs> yeah, I think well, that they think... really... Wait, sorry. What, were you going to say anything? I was going to say that, like, okay, so you've bought this Nest camera and you've put it in your house. You sort of, like... I don't want to say they're asking for it, but that, uh, like, you put this thing that's potentially... Like, Did you th- how far did the people who bought them and installed them think about it to begin with? Because um, I would say like, early 2000s IP cams, like, were starting to cut, like, in Japan especially, there was, like, IP cams in, like, the most random places, and all the IP cams that are made from that era, and probably up to today, I'm not sure, have, like, bypasses to off-bypass and just grab um, a still from from those cams, um, so many of them, and you could easily fingerprint and grab a still, and basically, like, that's extremely old news that IP cams should not be put everywhere. I mean, it's just, it's good that the awareness is being raised, but yeah, like, fuck PewDiePie, who cares? Dude, I was <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, I was at the, uh, I, I posted this on Twitter, but I was at the department store and there's like
0: uh, refrigerators with IP cameras inside. So, I don't know, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah,
2: those are smart fridges, default pin yeah. is 000, so. Good luck everybody. Um, but I think though that it's interesting too that the um, the PewDiePie versus T-Series drama, um, PewDiePie only has like a couple of hundred thousand more followers right now and they've just been completely at the same as T-Series even though people haven't been hacking like arbitrary IoT devices to uh, promote them so shoutouts to them for whatever they're doing. <laughs>
5: I don't know. Like, is if you like, is PewDiePie that big of a thing in in your life that you uh, have to waste your hacks on? Like,
3: yeah, it's almost like a religion at this point. Like, it's like these religious fanatics, the cult of PewDiePie.
2: <laughs> Interesting stuff here. But I mean, it is though. I mean, raising awareness definitely good. I think that the uh, Chromecast, Cast uh, UPnP stuff definitely raised a lot of awareness for. Um, like the actual state of security for that. And so I mean it sucks. It's annoying, but it's kind of what we have to deal with until people actually is smart enough about this kind of thing. So good luck. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'd be good for a lot of day. people
5: Thanks. a lot of people who might have the nest, say so say victims of this specific attack. They're going to unfortunately though, ha- like be of the opinion of like hackers fuck the hackers, they shouldn't be hacking my nest rather than Oh, I put this nest in my house maybe I should have thought about yeah. like you know maybe nest like I don't know what stance they've taken on this um, but you know they should like, the way they market their products as well like they're marketing a safe product to put in your like places like so for some of the uh, IP cams like yonder I remember them being in like um, like people's bedrooms and like uh, the fronts of stores and like just like those ones pointing at cats, like just weird things.
3: I remember finding some that were just on people's like weed grows. Like Yeah like boy. Boy oh boy.
5: Right. So like just be now that these ones are seem to be more I don't know um marketed like as a a thing that you just do in the smart home era. Um that's some bullshit you know
4: if you have to like at least in canada when you go and buy a pack of cigarettes or weed they have this picture of somebody on the front they're like dying and they're coughing their lungs out it's like i smoked one cigarette when i was 12 and now i can't talk without a box in my throat i think there needs to be something like that for like iot shit like just so that like when people go to buy it like they realize they probably should
0: (laughs) wait the warning uh thing on cigarettes in canada you mean Yeah, like, Google
4: Google Belmont Cigarettes Canada, and you'll see it.
0: Yeah, no, I I remember them growing up, and they were always hilariously terrible, like, just absolutely horrifying things that you had to have a sense of humor about. I I remember
4: when I was in uh, third grade, there was this one guy who, like, brought in a pack, and he's like, yo, the chick is so (laughs) hot.
5: Like, I tried to buy cigarettes in Canada, and... uh... Like a long time ago and um they have different brands, like not all like there's still like Marlboro and like some of the same brands, but I was just like, Can I see the packets? And the guy behind the can was like, No. And I'm like, I'm a fucking adult, I'm gonna buy them anyway. <laughs> like what brands are they? Like what what am I getting into here? And it was just like, you just have to tell me.
0: Yeah, it's illegal. Yeah. Wait, what's was, illegal? It's like, Looking at the fucking pack.
5: To display yeah. the cigarettes in your shop. It's, oh, yeah, right. That's true. It's similar here as well. And on the packets, they've got, like, people's, like, nasty, like, eyes. But um, back to the... Speaking of nasty eyes and back to this camera thing, like, Nest also have another series, like, other products as well, like, integrated into their Nest home as well, right? Um, so th- now that we've seen cameras, what do we get to see next?
3: Uh, use the camera to pivot to the thermostat.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> I recall a bug bounty where somebody was able to crank up a thermostat and then brick it. And uh, people went into the office the next day and it was like, I don't know, 100C, 100, 100C, c 100 or c, whatever, <laughs> like 100 plus.
3: Yeah, well, like literally like DDoSing a business by just doing
5: making it unbearably hot. <laughs> Nobody can be in the building. It's the middle of summer, please. Say.
0: There was a yeah. bounty for like a, ca- a camera as well, like an event. Someone had found like an exposed camera in scope. So those things are, again, bug bounty as well. Oh,
5: yeah. 100%. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty... Like the, the camera technology, like the thing, it's no different, I guess, if anyone hasn't hacked a um, an IP cam before. They're not really any different to like the quality of a home like, for, for the most part. Like, IP cams, especially the, like, off-brand sort of, like, white-labeled ones are, are usually pretty shitty and have no firmware updates. So, just, uh, yeah, have a look at, like, if you find, like, an off-brand one or something, sort of look at what it's a der- derivative of and try some really easy shit. And It's probably admin-admin to go with it, you know? <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Um, oh, the next one is interesting. I wanted your take on this, DMZ, too. Uh, some security flaws found in 26 low-end cryptocurrencies. Now, mind you guys, I have no idea how cryptocurrency software actually works. Um, that, that is the back end for, I guess, the cryptocurrency itself. Um, this is interesting, though, that there is uh, two security flaws that impact um, proof-of-stake currencies. And so, as soon as it's... Not validating network data, and it's just basically able to, like do Yeah, Yes, so this is
5: this is another point. Another 51%. It looks like where uh, proof of state, like they they're crashing um, enough nodes so that they hold 51% of the nodes. So if if there's um, 100 nodes on the network and they run up 25 and uh, 26 and crash half, and that means that there's uh, whatever the. the damn quick map um the remaining like they will they will have more than half of the nodes on and then they will therefore control the network so um on these smaller coins as well like particularly the ones that are um particularly the ones that are like sort of no name and there's there's not too many nodes it, it's sort of pretty common like part of the uh, part of a, a cryptocurrency ecosystem becoming stable is being decentralized enough that it makes this shit hard. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, a lot of the people who start these shit coins, like, they could seriously just do an ERC-20 token on the Ethereum chain and have the exact result, like, an identical result, but they, for whatever reason, choose not to, and uh, and this kind of shit happens, and everyone's all like, ah, it's, my cryptocurrency is broken, and whatever. It's like, oh, you made bad decisions to begin. Blockchain was not your solution, friend. Oh. um,
2: (laughs) This one is another thing. Um, RQ, you just posted this, um, and this is something that I also meant to put in here as well. Um, This is about Facebook that is paying people to install the VPN. Um, So, yeah. I I saw a bunch of other stuff about Facebook's VPN thing. um, A bunch of other controversy about it but yeah they're just basically intercepting a bunch of traffic on this vpn like a lot of vpns do and don't tell you um and yeah this is definitely interesting the The
0: thing is not only were they intercepting the traffic and fucking paying kids twenty dollars a week or whatever they were paying them but they were doing it with a certificate that was not designed for that and they were already kicked off the app, app store at least on apple's ecosystem i'm guessing google probably did too they're probably doing something fucked up with that but they're like going out of their way to circumvent things and pay people that are desperate to spy on them and that's like a company that needs to be fucking destroyed in my opinion
5: i just yeah. want to go back to what you said about uh other vpn providers intercepting traffic as well and i think this is one of the hugest things that um organizations like crypto party and stuff uh, the one that, not, you know, I don't want to like tell people not to use VPNs and stuff, but selecting your VPN is like super important. Like if you select like a free VPN or something like that, or you select like a sketchy company that's just marketed to you, um, you're literally changing from like your ISP who has your docs and you pay money to um, being able to intercept you to a third party that you have no idea about now being able to intercept you like pick one of those evils like yeah like what traffic goes over your vpn is very important that's the whole point of using vpn and where you can run your own it's pretty easy yeah we've
2: actually we've talked about this quite a bit because people have come into our discord a lot which is uh you guys aren't in our discord yet it's elite.club um is the url so you can use that to join our discord Um, But so one of the things we talk about a lot, though, people have asked about what is the best VPN provider. And we um, mainly just say, yo, set up your own. You can do it pretty quickly with NordVPN, I mean, uh, OpenVPN, sorry, not NordVPN. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly the opposite of what I was gonna say. (laughs) But OpenVPN, um, it's pretty simple to set up. And if you can grab like a, uh, you know, basic, um, you know, AWS box, Google Cloud box, $5 a month, um, for the same price of a other VPN, you could have your own that doesn't log, and yeah. you can also set up a lot of other awesome um, features on it. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and if sometimes you, if you're you a student, if you're a student, let's... you can, with the GitHub Education Pack, get like free DigitalOcean tokens for like a whole year or something, and that's yeah. just enough you need to set up a
5: Yeah, and if you have uh, an EDU address as well, you, most uh, places can provide you uh, with with free uh, computers and stuff like that on um, on educational clouds, so check with your school and they probably have shell boxes for you. Um, so whether or not it's intercepted or not is a is a totally different thing, but that's for you to throw. Good practice.
2: Yeah, but it's definitely better than paying somebody to log you. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. Um, two dollars.
5: So... It works out to two dollars a month for military grade
0: interception. Ugh. I mean, like, if a company's paying you to use their service, though, like Facebook was doing, then uh, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably doing everything.
4: Like, what hey, uh, kind of data were they going after that the value of paying people to use the app, like, was way worse it? such a
0: scumbag move, man. Oh, my God. It's so scummy. Like, $20 a week. You know so, who, they're, who they're getting with $20 a week.
1: Yeah, kids. $20 a week is
5: significant
0: it's yeah. absolutely significant.
1: Yeah,
5: um with the with Facebook though, like I'm not sure I don't think you guys covered it while I was fucking around with my audio, but uh the plans to integrate Messenger, WhatsApp and like is that is that a thing? Is that was that legit? Or...
0: I think that came out of the uh news that a few prominent people with the EFF and some other privacy organizations joined Facebook's legal team recently. But maybe it's just to defend Facebook against their awful fucking policies that just got revealed today. Who knows? Huh. <laughs> I certainly hope that people from the EFF didn't join Facebook to defend against this kind of thing, because that would be pretty disturbing.
5: Yeah. And I think a lot of people, like, if you use primarily use Facebook Messenger um, to communicate with people who are not, you know, up on other messenger platforms, you know, just grab their phone next time you see them and just install like signal or telegram or something. And uh, you were gonna
0: say smash their phone in front of them. <laughs> like this is what you've got. You do not do <laughs> bad. No. And then just, you just put a cancer
5: like, sticker on their phone in case. <laughs> just just install an uh you know uh, privacy messenger of some kind, and then they'll start using it when you start messaging them on it, and then they'll forget that it's not Facebook messenger. It's actually a really good point. You're right. Yeah. The, the people who are using Facebook messenger are only using it because they, they either don't know or they don't care. And if you swap out their messenger, all of a sudden they're
1: still not going to know or care. They're just going to start doing something a little bit better. Absolutely um wow why is my internet so weird so crazy
5: um because you're not using the facebook vpn
2: yeah i'm not getting paid that 20 sweet sweet 20 dollars a month um but yeah oh so we have a bunch of awesome reads um for anybody who likes that section of our show notes and cheat codes as well um so yeah, I definitely suggest everybody here check out those things. Um, I was interested a lot in this Pentagon's race against deepfake videos because there's quite a bit of uh, interesting approaches, I guess, people are trying to take towards proliferation of them because we've talked about them in the past being used for extortion and just weird, weird, weird shit with porn. But the um, actual political impact of making like fake news or fake fake videos of impersonating politicians or, you know, officials um, of a country um, to be able to spread fake news is really alarming. And it's definitely a growing threat as the technology gets better and better.
5: So I think um, the most interesting thing from that video for me, considering that, like, you know, I saw deep fakes. I think we talked about deep fakes like a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But when deep fakes first come out, came out, it was, it was pretty interesting for a lot of people. There's a lot of subreddits, a lot of, you know, what became non-consensual porn and that was taken off um you know Pornhub and whatever um but what i found interesting is there's a there's some software that they show where they have two videos side by side and they're like it, the red line indicates you know the, the detection of a deep fake so I was interesting like what algorithms and what methods they were actually using to go computationally this video is a hundred percent a fake yeah
1: yeah, and
3: I mean that's the problem with adversarial neural networks too, right? Is like when you're training of like a network to detect these things, like it's helping you to make better like fakes,
5: right? Yeah, and the other thing is that, like a lot of the most prominent stuff that was seen um, was the the video, uh, so the video manipulation deepfakes using. Um, images for the for building the uh, for building the data set Um, but there was a second thing that came out about the same time that was using audio clips only and they'd taken all a whole bunch of Obama uh, data and then they just cut up the clip uh, the audio clip of Obama and fed that in and then he read the speech differently Um, and it was it you can see it when you're looking for it, but if you're not looking for it, like that's even crazier because you can just like swap someone's words around and it's the original video that you've seen before. Um, and The Onion have used this tactic actually like a couple of times where when you reload a page, a specific video, um, you'll get one one out of three videos, I think. So when you go to show a friend, it's different. Like what if you started doing that with your like political videos, where you've seen the video before and you're showing someone else, and it's like not quite the same, but you don't notice enough. Like it's just there's a lot of subtleties that could occur. Yeah, that,
3: or yeah, based on your your tracking your tracking cookie, you get uh, a message that's slightly more tailored to uh, your biases.
0: Yeah, definitely. Did you uh, so I didn't hear the very beginning of that uh specific topic of the deep fakes, but did you guys see the Mikhail Thalen's uh, thing? He mashed up um who was it? Shit.
5: Was it yeah. Trump Obama?
0: No, it was it was just like that though. It was um Steve Buscemi
5: and Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I haven't seen that but uh so you mentioned <laughs> it to me like this is morning. It's really good. If someone could link that, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'll do it. It's like um the traditional audio mashups of, like, you take two songs. Like, uh the, the one that always comes to mind is uh, Call Me Maybe and Headline, like, Call Me A Hole. And, <laughs> and it's just going to, you know, start mashing <laughs> up audio and video at the same time into, into crazy, crazy things. Love it.
0: Uh, DVD, got it. Nice.
2: So what's interesting, though, this reminds me a bit, this just reminds me about, um, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I wasn't around then, but um, anybody's heard the story of when Crass, the band Crass, had made a fake tape of Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan, um, like a phone conversation between them. They, like, edited it together and made, like, a hoax tape that was used uh, basically for, like, just bullshit.
0: (laughs) Um, But that's the kind of, wait, what? I said, that's amazing. I haven't heard of it, though. I, that's, so they were doing that in the 80s? Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's
2: yeah, I heard a bit of that recording. I remember what the actual thing is, or what it actually is. Uh, I haven't heard the yeah. whole
5: thing. <laughs> With that, though, I think the biggest difference is somebody painstakingly put that together. In these cases, people are letting machines do the hard work. And I think that's highlighted in that CNN uh, article. That you know you can sit there and create. Um, I mean, specifically, like a bunch of us do audio stuff in our spare time, um, and painstakingly try and create certain sounds or whatever. But the people who are actually pros at that can do all kinds of all kinds of other stuff. You know what I mean? They can mash together voices and and change it to be uh, to sound as smooth as possible. Whereas you know, this is like, ah, oh, just let the computer go. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a big factor, is that you're just letting it go on cruise control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just tell it what you want and just wait for a little while and uh, it'll be done. And a lot of the people who made deepfake videos were doing it on um, consumer grade GPUs as well. So now imagine you have a computing cluster because you're a large organization or a government and away you go
4: wait until somebody devops all that shit together and makes it easy for skids.
5: yeah i was thinking like i probably mentioned this when we spoke about deep fakes before but i'm like why not have like a a render farm like a render farm a render farm token where you get like a, a proof of work is that you created a
1: successful frame and then you can spend those tokens to have the network build your own videos like that would be interesting Wait, isn't maybe Joanna Ritz go I don't know how sound her last
5: name, uh the the Cubes OS. Um uh, she left Cubes OS to go to a similar project, maybe.
4: This is dystopian as fuck, man. I wanna go back to two thousand four. Yeah. No doubt. I miss baggy sweatpants <laughs> and rap videos where everyone was like using this fucked up angles. I don't wanna be dealing with these fucking sh- <laughs> 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 Very, very, very specific image. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, that's how I was in 2004. Like, all those fucking gray sweatpants. Like, weird, white as fuck. Doors.
3: I miss <laughs> HTTPS without the S. Yeah, My man. space.
5: Yeah, Julie, were we talking about HTTPS, shame <laughs> last week? This video, man. JK, yeah. I love you guys. The the HTTPS thing that I like totally like blocked out of my was uh there's like the A null cipher that you can set so that uh, you can have the lock but it's still clear text. It's like yeah. Uh-huh.
1: It's uh it's disabled in most browsers as far as I know but uh, it still exists. Hell yeah. Well, hey, it's about time for Bad Packets to come on. So if you're listening, um, please join our chat. Wherever they may be. It's a botnet that has to actually assemble a deep fake voice.
0: It's a combination of all our voices. And then it starts talking about things. Fuck, am I talking over you? No, you're good. I saw a green light. Like I'm paranoid about that now. Every fucking <laughs> time I'm looking to see if I'm running over you again. Ever since it's I, just I, my uh, my internet
2: being amazing again. So <laughs> okay, no doubt. Hey,
5: so um, speaking of, here it is. Like so, the Gollum network uh has a is the rendering network or so has a rendering feature powered like rendering uh, powered by Golem uh, and supporting Blender. It's a matter of time. Yep. Oh yeah. Good times.
0: Everything's fine. This is good. Shout out to uh, Inspector DD in the chat.
1: Oh Didi's up there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of reacts. Um Dan, did some does somebody point an example of it
0: rendering?
5: Is that you, DNZ? Yeah. So the golem network, uh, yeah, there's a, a rendering network, now. so. Yikes. And yeah, it's so this isn't applying directly, like, deepfake type stuff. This is for, like, Blender, I guess. Like, considering it has a Blender logo, I, I assume it's just doing, like,
1: CGI stuff. Uh, but, yeah. Hey! We'll get there. Oh, hey, is that you, bad packets?
6: Yo! Hey, sorry for the delay. I was uh, listening to the stream. Let me turn that oh. off. Sorry about that.
1: Well, we need <laughs> power. We love
2: we love three second tail del- like delay echoes. So.
6: <laughs> yeah, no, I have turned that off. No, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate the invite.
2: Absolutely. I think you were coming on. Um, I'm waiting for these cars. Wow. This slow today. I'm getting some bad packets. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sounds like you guys
6: have
1: been having some trouble
6: with your uh, internet there.
2: Yeah, it's it's all me. I don't know what's happening, um, <laughs> but the show must uh, go on. <laughs> um, all right, well, hey, um, thanks for coming and joining us, though. Um, how are you
6: doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Um, we wanted to ask you, I guess, just some basic questions and then just let the convo go from there um so i guess do you want to introduce yourself real quick
6: all right well i'm troy Mersch, uh, better known on twitter as bad packets um i been hanging out for a while long time lurker first time caller and i'm happy to be here
2: hell yeah
5: um happy to okay, have you
2: do you want to get a little bit into uh like what you do and um just sort of an overview of your general operations and
6: yeah. I so, so right now, um, I, I could give you the full life story. Maybe I'll just give you the quick abridged uh, version of kind of how I got into Infosec. It actually started about two years ago, um, had an unfortunate chain of events happen in my life. Um, a couple members of my family passed away. I also sustained a pretty debilitating slash crippling injury to my right arm. So 2016, or excuse me, 2017 was a pretty terrible year. However, I was able to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Um, Due to the chain of unfortunate events, I decided it was time for a career change. Um, I've always had an interest, you know, more of a hobby in information security. Um, My idol is uh, (laughs) Brian Krebs, and it really kind of started the fire for me back in 2017. I was able to collaborate or really kind of supply him with some information about a a data breach. And, you know, the kind of the rest is history. Um, Some of you know, obviously, you you guys follow me on Twitter and see the stuff that I like to disseminate. But kind of flash forward to the present. I was able to launch my own startup company with the help of my business partners and uh, we're bad packets, LLC. Um, right now, we primarily deal in threat intelligence. We also do security research consulting and really whatever you see on Twitter is just kind of a highlight. um, not hopefully representative of everything that we do, but kind of some of the fun stuff that we get to, we get to research. That's awesome. That's like a, uh, <laughs>
2: really cool summary of stuff. I'm glad that you're able to also use um you know events that may have been a huge tremendous challenge and, and use it for good, which I feel like a lot of people here commonly share of uh sort of getting into um getting deeper into the things and following their passion after realizing you know a lot of big things that that or after experiencing a lot of crazy things. Um so yeah, um so I guess the uh, I guess tell us a little bit more about your your operation for doing threat intelligence because we see your feed. There's a lot of um, things regarding BGP hijacks and you know Mirai variants spreading and all sorts of stuff like that. Like, do you have uh? I guess you want to go over a little bit of of your approach to this without revealing too much.
6: Yeah, no, and I appreciate that because my business partners made me swear not to reveal any proprietary information. So I don't mean to be coy Absolutely. with you guys. If I can't answer some questions, um obviously some things that. Are beyond my knowledge but right now we do operate a small network of honeypots around the world um, through my business partners we've been able to build a fantastic automation system for kind of building and tearing down these honeypots with almost quite literally a click of a button so well yeah, yeah. and it's been awesome in that regard but the data that we collect is you know obviously aggregated into a large kind of central repository um, I won't make any secret about it one of our biggest tools is splunk i um, absolutely love splunk and was able to get some professional experience in my last job with it so that is a key part of our operation but once we're able to aggregate that information extract you know the knowledgeable bits you know we get to find some really interesting stuff um, you did mention Mirai. I'll touch on that in a minute that's some information or rather data that we've been providing for about a year now but with the information that we are able to extract from our honey posture, the data collected rather, we see things like, and I appreciate the shout out earlier in your show for the, the Cisco RV32325 cases. Um, when that proof of concept was published last week, you know, as you guys noted within hours, the mass scan started for that. Um, we happened to see it coming from a couple of hosts. And that one is it was pretty easy to spot. It's a very simple git request, but the nature of the vulnerability was leaking literally a shit ton of information. Everything about the device, like, yeah, the password was hashed, but there was other important factors there, or information rather, like the SSID. This was noted um in a previous case where we found the orange live box modems that were leaking their Wi-Fi information. And in that case, you can take an SSID, and I don't know how to pronounce the services Wiggle or Wiggle.net. dot net. You can go in there and type in SSID and basically easily locate the physical location of those devices. So there's kind of multiple facets to the, the risk or you know these vulnerabilities. It's not just ah, eh, you know, I have remote code execution. Well, you know, they, they can get a lot more information out of that leaked configuration file. So that was a recent case. Um, Beyond that, we do provide a daily free feed of Mirai-like infested, infected hosts. Um, this is something that I've been monitoring, really, I haven't really publicly shared, it, but going back to February of 2017, when it kind of started for me, it was one of the first traffic types, you know, through my associates that I've made along the way to fingerprint the Mirai stuff, like none of this is proprietary, the, the sequence number fingerprint is well known, but once we're able to aggregate that information and kind of correlate, you know, who's getting infected the most, what's the network provider, you know, the autonomous system. And going from there, and I don't mean to ramble because I have an unfortunate tendency to ramble here, with the Mirai-like stuff, we've actually um, partnered with Lancaster University in the United Kingdom on a research project. And we're really looking to marry our data and extract more information that we can do a project with. And let me pull it up here, give you guys some examples real quick.
4: Do you guys sell IOCs and
6: stuff? Um, we are actually going to be launching a commercial offering next week. So short answers, we do. We don't have a sales page. There's no self sign up portal. Um, it is the focus as a business that we're going to switch to, of course, because everybody, you know, wants to make money. So short answer, yes. Um, right now, you do just have to talk to me. We can discuss, you know, what needs or what you're looking for as an organization or an individual. But. Back to the uh, Mirai-like project real quick that I wanna touch on. So we're looking to to get a little more knowledge value out of this. So what internet providers are infected, compromised the most? Well, that's pretty basic information, not much information, but let's go a little bit further. What's the type of devices? Well, yeah, we know they're IoT, maybe some industrial control stuff, some consumer premises equipment. But what about the vulnerabilities are exploited? So we know once any given proof of concept gets published that mass scan activities, exploit activities start. So let's get a little more information in that regard. How fast are vulnerabilities being exploited? So once they're disclosed, you know, obviously within hours or minutes and how long are devices? this is what we're going to be working on with Lancaster University in this research project: is to answer some of these questions. Hopefully, be able to collaborate and publish an academic-reviewed, or excuse me, peer-reviewed academic paper. And that kind of stuff is is hot on my radar. I like doing stuff like that.
3: That's very cool. Yeah, that sounds real cool. There's a lot of uh, a lot of questions that we haven't had answers to, really, or like any good answers to, at least
6: yeah and they're not really prolific or exciting questions. I mean, I kind of get excited by the mundane and the the trivial stuff personally, but hopefully you know with the information that we can gather and what I mentioned of marrying the data, um we actually have a meeting tomorrow with one of the very large cyberspace search engines, and to discuss this topic is we really only hold you know speaking of honeypot data one piece of the puzzle. Like we need to combine our information or we would like to collaborate with people like Shodan or census or zoom or, you know, at all. And, you know, be able to establish these information and, and kind of not really say for the greater good of the community, but, you know, really start solving some of these problems, especially in the IOT realm.
0: Yeah. I think one of the interesting things also that stands out to me is uh, a while back I was doing those, uh, those mass scans that were just kind of flooding the internet, right? And they weren't malicious in any nature. And you guys were able to make that distinction and didn't mark my host as bad just for doing something as simple and kind of trite, honestly, as a port scan. And that's something that I think holds a lot of value because even my host provider eventually caved. Um, But you guys had the, uh, like, there was no no real malintent aligned with that ip and that's exactly right like there was no malintent
6: yeah, and I think you raise a good point there, is we really are not in the business of labeling something malicious or not. I mean, malice, you can you can infer it pretty strongly in some cases, but you know we're not gonna be doing that type of attribution with our service. I mean, maybe that'll change, subject to change in the future, but that's not a direction we're taking right now. Like, ah, this is a bad guy, ah, you know, this or that. This is not something that we're interested in doing. Okay, so
0: you're more you're more going after late uh packet, um not packet a uh, host, essentially attributes you might call them.
6: Yeah, I mean, we we are more interested in the bigger fish, bigger fish, so to say, is, you know, I can't speak too much details of some of our ongoing investigations with law enforcement, you know, but we want to go after the big guys. You know, we know hosts get compromised. We know mass scanning, port scamming is not a crime, but in some cases, you know, some of these providers become haven for certain types of activity. And they really market themselves, you know, speaking of bulletproof hosting, which is kind of an antiquated term at this point, that kind of stuff is more interesting or more worth our time or whoever, you know, wants our assistance or consulting work and, you know, not just somebody conducting a mass scan.
0: Nice. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Can you, can you speak a little bit to what your favorite hosts are, your favorite providers?
6: Uh well my most favorite host um probably can't because that's an ongoing investigation, but we see plenty. Um <laughs> honestly. Um there's hosts like Novigara, which is related to one of our other good friends. Um I think I don't remember what the name of it is offhand. I could I'd have to pull up our charts here. I think it was uh it's not flock Ned, flocky e, something with an F in it. But short answer questions, I, I couldn't rattle them off on hand. But we we do have a pretty uh, nice dashboard of hosts that engage in or providers rather that engage in that type of behavior far more than anybody else.
0: Yeah, I would imagine it cl- tends to cluster up um, just because it's not <laughs> go out and be like, yeah, we are accepting of this abusive traffic please come host with us.
6: Yeah, and that's kind of for me where it crosses a line is where you're promoting, you know, kind of gray area, black hat or, you know, friendly, again, the term bulletproof hosting versus, you know, hey, you know, we're cheap BPS provider, you know, maybe we got to take on some sketchy customers so we can squeeze out a few pennies of profit. But in cases where it's marketed, in a way that's going to be intentionally abused really is the sole purpose like that to me just you know that that is that's not what <laughs> not good yeah. so
4: for somebody who's actually going to do badness what would you recommend <laughs>
6: um well i i can't say publicly but uh well, we have a pretty good <laughs> we have a pretty good list if, if you're really interested i'll dm you yeah thanks yeah,
2: DM you. <laughs> <laughs> So again is a role player and this is all fictitious. So absolutely,
6: absolutely. research professional. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, We're all white hats here. Yeah.
2: So um yeah. So I guess I kinda wanted to, to touch on with you, because you you track, you know, Mirai and other sorts of uh you know, BGP hijacking, all sorts of stuff like that. What are some of the biggest threats in your opinion that have been growing um, in the past like couple of years?
6: Well, I think you kind of nail it on the head. It's really the same old story with the stuff, which, you know, from my regard, being fairly new to the game, only barely two years at this point. But things like BGP, you know, we hear rarely the BGP hijacks, BGP leaks, Um, some of its kind of hand lawns razor where it is just a, a misconfiguration, you know, it was not intentional. However, we see cases, um, one of the big one from last year where the DNS provider for myetherwallet.com was hijacked. Um, I don't remember now. That was back when I was kind of hot with the crypto jacking stuff. I don't remember what the what they got away with in that case, but you know, it really just highlighted that where, you know, if you're pro cryptocurrency as a store of value, well, people are eagerly looking to steal it. And, you know, to do kind of crazy things like level of VGB hijacks, which in that case, I don't think was too difficult to pull off. I don't remember what the exact uh, router type that was compromised, that was announcing it. But anyway, I think that's another one that's a big concern, Um, DNS hijacking. That was um, something you guys touched on earlier in the show. Stuff like that. And it really, it's just these old protocols that have been very slow to d- adapt, uh, either due to business requirements or, you know, there's just not an incentive or, you know, maybe there's not enough security incidents to justify, you know, that we need to make widespread rollouts. And that's obviously easier said than done because you know the internet is a massive place of network operators all over the world with varying types of equipment you know um other things that we've passed um i don't know is bcp 3832 whatever it is for you know anti-spoofing measures is still not widely adopted if you go on uh, kata or katie.org's website they're always publishing their monthly list that you know you can still spoof ip traffic so really stuff like that those problems that have been around for really kind of Risks have been around for so many years; they are still not being corrected.
5: I think, like a lot of the things like mentioned, like BGP, for example, you know, it's a tr- the It's inherently trust-based, and there's that issue will exist while BGP exists. But until, like, what is the what do you replace it with, and how do you get it rolled out to everyone is like not going, not happening i
6: I think we could fix it with blockchain. <laughs> Of course. No, no. I mean, BGP is kind of a rudimentary form of, of blockchain, but you're right. It's absolutely inherently a system of trust. And, you know, we've had a few, you know, minor cases, major cases of the trust being broken. But, you know, I really, truly hope that we don't have, you know, the day of reckoning where there is, you know, nation state hijacks, you know what I mean? A lot of this stuff has been insinuated With China Telecom, you know, some of the other stuff that we took a look look at recently and, you know, we didn't really see any malicious intent. It was a provider, I think, of the one a couple months ago in Nigeria that made a configuration change error and then that got passed upstream and then, you know, China Telecom started announcing it. And, you know, I I don't know to the degree nor do I want to make the judgment of malice, but, you know, maybe the day will come and I hope that it doesn't. And, you know, we have a real sit down moment that we need better better implications or better uh, <clears throat> solutions. I fucking hope it comes.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think it's going to be. It's just a matter of time, right? Like, it, how can some... Like, there's a spectrum of actors, right, on bad or good, and you can't get down to adversarial asymmetric warfare and not have uh, an adversary like try something if they want to try it even if it's just for the lull or terrorism or whatever.
6: Yeah. And a recent example, and I don't want to sidetrack, but what you kind of got me thinking on a random thought there is the, uh, the Bitcoin bomb scare that we saw recently, yeah, right. you know, we at BadPackets and, and our colleagues have been tracking the sextortion scam, which has been highly profitable. I mean, I know, Bitcoin, unfortunately, is greatly down in price, but they've made well over half a million U.S. dollars with this extortion scams. You know, and then suddenly we burst on the scene with the bomb threats and we know it didn't make any money. You know, I I, I tracked it pretty closely for a week. I think one of the addresses finally got some payment that might have went somewhere. But it, it really wasn't to make money, and if it was an attempt to make money, it was really stupid. You know, and I don't want to call it use words like cyberterrorism, but it was really, in my opinion, t- to incite chaos. You know, we saw government buildings, schools, companies ev- evacuated due to this, and eventually we're got out. Hey, you know, it's a scam. You know, no real scare. But the same type of thing as you kind of hinted there, like this could be done in regards to BGP, and you know, I, I just hope that day doesn't come. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I would. Uh, question I wanted to ask is, uh, what's something that's like big on your radar, like, or some field or piece of what you do um, that you find is like really interesting that people might not know about or might not like be uh, make the news as much?
6: Um, I don't really have anything too exciting because I kind of myself get excited by the trivial, trivial, mundane kind of stuff. But I mean, we've been able to fingerprint a lot of different types of traffic. Um, I kind of obsessively look at some of our dashboards, you know, by the time that I obsessively spend on Twitter. So in that regard, I don't really have any too, you know, exciting or revealing things. But one thing right now that I've kind of tuned out because it became too noisy is is the constant level of PHP related exploits. you see a lot of the Think PHP stuff that's going around, um, I think it was PHP 5 has reached end of life, I apologize, I don't know exactly the details on that, but just the amount of those have, is, in my opinion, got it out of control, but I've kind of tuned it out, I've become kind of tone deaf to it, it's just so frequent. But beyond that, I don't really have any kind of secret sauce excitement. I
5: sort of feel like the the p h p stuff is like it's always been in the background forever since p h p and uh now that you know people have stopped pat or aren't receiving patches, it's just gonna it's just increased, but uh like it's just sort of um i don't know like yeah once you can't once you don't get that update that, like that message to update anymore and then you just stop updating, yeah.
6: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting when we reach uh, end of life next year for Windows 7, uh, Server 2003, and whatever else is affected. Because it isn't like they're magically going to update to Windows Server 2016 or 19 or all those Windows 7 machines. So I know Microsoft is going to monetize their extended support. But I think that's something that's going to be very interesting in January of next year where that's going to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, do we know if
3: the IRS ever actually moved off Windows XP? Like.
5: <laughs> I mean, Kathy
1: probably does. <laughs> oh Christ. Uh,
2: so you've you've touched a lot on on the mundane aspects of things that you find interesting. Um, what what sort of things are you talking about? Because I mean, I feel like that's probably what a lot of us think about the things that we're actually into even though a lot of it's actually very cool um but i guess you want to discuss any of that sort of thing of the stuff you actually find interesting about what you
1: do
6: uh well some of the things are just fingerprinting different types of traffic um nothing is it's not really proprietary or secret knowledge but you know mass scan traffic being able to differentiate between z map mass scan um there's even some types of mass scan that I, I don't really have a fingerprint for I, I call it the russian version it's a little bit different based on some of the packet signatures um the mirai like stuff definitely is kind of what piqued my interest just because of the sheer volume of it and then being able to correlate you know through the packet signatures that we know that it's coming from a mirai-like infested host i keep saying infested (laughs) infected host you know and being able to kind of backtrack and you know collaborate with the other people that have the scanning side of the equation data to combine forces some of the stuff i mentioned before but You know, a lot of my time personally is building our our intelligence dashboards, you know, based on these packet signatures or, you know, certain patterns and activity. Well, we see a high level of activity, you know, obviously with Telnet related stuff for the botnet, Um, brute force SSH attempts, you know, obviously not that exciting. Um, A lot of Microsoft SQL exploit attempts. I mean, just all kinds of, of crazy stuff that, you know, I get in the process of, you know, tagging it, categorizing it. You know, we're looking for other types of patterns where the traffic's coming from. Um, You know, botnet activity, obviously, it's coordinated, especially with DDoS attacks. You know that all these providers or devices, rather, are compromised. You know, let's take a little deeper dive into that. And that goes back to what I touched on, what we're going to try to do with Lancaster University, is answer some of these questions, connect the dots, you know, and and see what sort of, you know, value that we can get out of that information.
5: So um... One of the, like, some of the stuff, like, you mentioned that you've only been uh sort of doing this for a couple of years, but we know that, like, just from some of the shitware that we see, um, there's variants of, like, botnets that are quite old that are still sort of going around. Like, do you get times where you're like, oh, I haven't seen this before, and then you're like, oh, I know what this is. This is just something that, like, you know, like Zeus or whatever.
6: Yeah, I, I get cases that it's it's new to me. I see some exploit attempt, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, is this a zero day? And I'm like, nah, this is from 2008. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> you know, I get really excited. And really that's just kind of, you know, the the learning or we really call it passion, but it's just acquiring new knowledge. You know, it is somewhat disappointing. Like, you know, oh, we're not the first to discover it, but it's crazy to see some of these exploits. Um, Some, like, I think it was something past my radar like Shellshock is still around you know I'm like ah that's nothing new well okay I, I see new developments coming from some areas today but other days um let me pull up if I can real quick because I do put a lot of stuff in Twitter that I shouldn't <laughs> yeah I really really dig your feed no yeah. and I appreciate it I mean honestly I was able to you know kind of grow my following a lot of the people in the organizations that we collaborate surprisingly came out of twitter you know it's it's not just for shit posting there's a lot of good relationships and connections that you can make with it so definitely shout out to to twitter um but let me pull this up real quick shit
2: posting now uh, a certifiable
1: uh um... yeah that <laughs> <And> absolutely
5: is <laughs> certifiable yeah yeah, and just while you're pulling that up, if you are interested in getting uh, certified in shit posting, uh, you can go there and you can become a certified shit poster.
2: Yeah, or you just uh, follow us on uh, Patreon. You'll see the the rules there. It's a ten dollar uh, Patreon um, tier, or two dollars, you get the virtual one. Um, but yeah, we actually sent out a huge batch of them today. We're gonna send out another batch of them tomorrow. Um, all these unmarked envelopes um are sketchy to bring to the post office so we could drive to different ones. Um even sketchier. So <laughs> it's taken a it's while, funny. but we're getting there.
5: There's no there's <laughs> no like uh, nondescript powders or anything like that in there. No, no, but when you when you wear latex
1: gloves to the post office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've said too much. <laughs> I remember this one
4: time I tried to go to the post office and I had a joint in my pocket and there was this like this old lady who was there and she just had the nastiest look on her face and then I handed her my letter and she's like, Oh, why'd you write it so small the address is so small in the corner? And like you said, put it in the corner. And she just got so mad when she smelled the weed. She's like, You're not you're not shipping weed, are you? I'm like, no, open it up. It's just a letter. I'm trying to scold you. Oh yeah, she totally me. She's like some like ninety year old lady, like the kind that would like tell you to get off her
5: nice.
2: I would tell you that too.
5: She would tell you to get off her nest. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Subscribe. I it. It. Uh
3: bad packets, do you wanna go into a bit more about these uh like um, custom scanners that you're talking about?
6: Um the Z map one that I mentioned
1: is saved here. Excuse me.
6: Yeah, he was
1: looking for it something We was... had a little divergent. Wow.
6: Yeah, no, I actually have some other talk about But the, the thing that I found and I can dig it up later I off can... was it's a mask in but it didn't match some of the other signatures and we've seen it primarily coming from hosts out of Russia. So again, for the Russian. it just seemed really interesting to match the standard. But I'll dig that up later. Hear that. Is, uh, um,
1: go ahead. Do the packets come with uh, with the other straps?
6: Um, I don't.
1: I'd have to. So a question from the Twitch. Uh, do you see a lot
4: of massive MySQL compromise attempts using default-included anonymous user?
6: Yeah, we actually see a, a ton of those kind of effective that disregard that, but I've filtered that out along with a lot of PHP stuff, stuff that I look at daily. But it's some days, excuse uh, me, stuff has topped traffic. Um, I haven't really looked much into it. Um, there was a, a post,
1: probably a month ago, lab. We should really look at that as well.
6: But unfortunately, I never did. It just didn't. I push uh,
1: pushed the talk break. Yeah. be messed up. Uh, yeah, oh. let
5: me just quickly, um, I'm just going to quickly swap the server again, and then oh, okay. we'll do
1: it.
5: Elevator music,
1: please. It's live, everybody! Live. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How's that? Did everybody return? Hey. I'm here. That uh, you still. Hello. Out. Let's continue. Ah, that one's bad whatever just happened that was really rough
0: (laughs) okay well anyways so um what's like one of the things that maybe didn't get enough attention that you like you're looking at gets attention like in the news is there anything that you've looked at that was public but never really got a lot of attention that you thought was super interesting
6: One interesting example that I found, um, we detected some ZMAP scans coming from the temporary network assigned for the uh, Computer Chaos Congress. I guess that's what it stands for, CCC. And they were scanning for abode. And it's really like you look at it, you think it's a typo for Adobe, but it's abode home security gateways and nothing really came out of it. Like we didn't conduct any scans of our own. I didn't really look into it further. It didn't much generate much interest on Twitter, but I just found stuff like that very interesting. It's coming from a temporary, you know, IP assignment, the net block is temporary for 30 days. And you're scanning for this particular type of device. Like, why are you doing that? I don't know if someone was, you know, giving a presentation there or if they were looking to abuse the temporary network, but in that case, didn't really have any follow up, and that's about it
5: interesting. Actually, that's a good point. Like, if you're at CCC or if you're at uh, Defcon or whatever, you're literally at a conference where there's like fuckloads of
1: hackers around you. <laughs> Pick one. Like, <laughs> it's like that mob protection. <laughs> um, they
3: can't yeah. catch all of us.
0: <laughs> uh, they were they were doing some pretty interesting scans from Triple C. I've heard different reports. It's kind of interesting.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I can if I can search Twitter fast enough, I can drop some uh, hot statistics for for you for CCC. Let me see if I can find it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, they uh there was some something else that they were scanning for and I don't I don't remember how they uh, were scanning.
5: In in Twitch chat um Plasmas has posted a, uh, a motherboard link to. I don't think this is the recent one. This is a few years ago where they um, invaded millions of servers with a yeah, the Internet is ours.
1: Yeah, 32C3. So that's what sort of two years, two two cons ago. How right. would you differentiate like a
4: ZMap from a mass scan based on inspecting the network traffic?
6: So the ZMAP traffic, and let me pull it up because I don't want to misspeak here. Um, Typically, if you look at the IPv4 header, you're going to see ID of 54321. So right away, that's pretty easy to identify. That's not the whole signature of ZMAP. Typically, we see a TCP window size of 65, 535, which I believe is the maximum window size in addition to, again, having ID equals 54321. So that's an easy thing to spot with kind of the standard FAIR ZMAP. Mass scan traffic um, typically will have a TCP window of 100, or excuse me, 1024 bytes. There's some other little signatures you can pull out of that. But in general, those are the two easiest indicators that you can use to filter that traffic or to spot it. Thank you. And a bonus one again, because none of this is proprietary or secret. The mirai like fingerprint, the TCP sequence number. Usually, it's in decimal or, or you know hexadecimal, however you encode and pull out your traffic. That's going to be equal to the destination IP address of the target that it's scanning. And we do kind of provide some of an illustrative example on our, our site that shares the data. And I wrote an older blog post. It's kind of easier to illustrate. Or rather, understand if you kind of look is as, as the destination or target IP address changes, that sequence number changes accordingly when you expect that traffic. And that behavior is actually intentional if you look at the source code of the original Mirai botnet. That was definitely a feature, uh, not a bug.
5: That's ah uh, it sounds like with things like that, there's quite a bit of configuration that goes into yeah uh, you know, into signature like into the signature building process for these uh, These types of cases.
6: Yeah, I mean, honestly, there is a wealth of information you can extract from an IP header alone, and I'll, I'll let you know, like I don't do this is kind of my Achilles heels. I don't do anything with IP v6 at this time um, maybe in the future but with ipv4 stuff there's a wealth of information that you can grab just from the headers alone
1: interesting so for an attacker uh, what kind of things would you recommend
4: looking for to try to figure out if what you're scanning may or may not be a honey
6: um in that case i probably can't provide too specific advice um more so because i just don't i don't have it but it really is not for or really speaking of the the honeypot itself but it's like what are you scanning and why i bring that up is if you're mass scanning the internet you're not conducting a targeted scan so you know if you have a network uh, of honeypots that can kind of correlate this evidence and know you know we see a lot of mass scan activity we know that it's not a targeted attack. So if you're looking, you know, speaking of air quotes here as an attacker to to pick your target, well, choose your targets wisely. You know, if you're conducting, if you're gonna cast a wide net, chances are pretty much you're gonna hit somebody's honeypot. So it's more of choose the target wisely and not just kind of opportunistically scan the entire internet for stuff.
1: I think that's kind of a good, a good rule of thumb, anyway.
5: Like, opportunistic attacks, we see a great deal, um, and they they're usually the uh, the less skilled attacks, I guess. You have exploit, search for, you know, search for uh, anything exploitable, as opposed to you have target, you know, figure out what it's exploitable to
6: yeah i mean with that being said though if you're out there please don't discontinue your mass scans i mean <laughs> looking at some of our honeypots that have caught some of the recent stuff with the cisco stuff or even the uh, orange livebox modem cases they weren't really even targeting the proper services or the destination port really it was just kind of low effort mass scanning and because of that, we were actually able to catch some of the traffic. So the more targeted, the attacks, you're not going to hit any of our infrastructure. We're not going to see it. So don't do that.
1: <laughs> Keep it lazy. Yes, yeah. please. Can you give people an idea of, so there, there's definitely,
0: I know there's people listening that uh, have kind of, multiple hats that they wear, right? Can you give people an idea of what tips the scales for you guys to start involving law enforcement?
6: Um, well, easy. That's an easy question to answer uh, illustratively here is if you DDoS or conduct attacks, distributed denial of service attacks against our website, um, we're going to tell law enforcement about it. Um, not necessarily speaking of our honeypot infrastructure, we're speaking of things, you know, such as our website or our botnet data website. You know, it, it, it's not a target but you know it happens and I say don't do it it's going to continue to happen so cases like that where you make it personal against us because again we're not in the business of passing or excuse me you know making judgment against you speaking of someone out there that may be a black hat but if you try to pick on us intentionally maliciously and you know then get on Twitter and try to jump in our mentions and tell us about it you know we're going to report that activity. Mm <laughs> right.
0: It sounds a little specific. I'm going to guess that maybe uh happened in a movie somewhere.
6: Yes, in a recent movie, yes. <laughs> Man, wow, Archie imitating life name and shame. <laughs> In um, a lesser kind of a more lighthearted example, um, our botnet data website, just like any other website, gets hit by scrapers. Like that's a fact of life. You know, I don't really care if that activity goes on, but if you carelessly or, you know, even I guess maliciously in some cases run your scraper at such a rate that it causes basically a de facto denial of service attack you know, that kind of stuff we don't appreciate as well. So if you do want to scrape our data, please take a little care and consideration and do it a little bit slower. That's good advice.
1: So,
2: I guess, what are some of the approaches that you take to sort of scale um, and move your operation to make it bigger? Because, I mean, I know that you, you're saying more targeted attacks aren't going to hit your infrastructure directly, but are you, like, actively developing, I guess, more uh, ways to um, be able to honeypot that kind of stuff, or is it just sort of...
6: Yeah, so in the simplest kind of example in that regard is we're always looking up to spin or rather looking to spin up honeypots in new locations with diverse network providers, you know, autonomous systems all over the world. Like obviously we can't live on everybody's network, but we do want a really good diverse network for our honeypots to resolve or reside on. You know, we don't want just to spin up You know, not that anybody would spin up anything on Amazon, but, you know, if we just stuck with one service provider to spin up our honeypots is you're really going to miss a lot or really you're just hindering your visibility. So we look to have diversity in the countries that our honeypots are in, the network providers, um, you know, other factors like that. But again, it's you have to have if you're going to cast a wide net, you know, regardless of all this, we're still going to catch it. But, in the cases where you know maybe, like in the case with the orange live box modems that were predominantly in France or Spain, had we not had visibility in these regions, you know, we may have never detected those scans? Uh, do you see a lot of things, I guess that are are um,
2: like targeted towards one specific geolocation too, like so you're if you're in like a specific area and say somebody's only targeting one country are you able to detect that or are you seeing things like that specifically or is it more just a mass scan
6: yeah no short answer yeah um i should have came more prepared with some of my dashboards here but we do have uh honeypot presence in Russia. And we kind of see some crazy Russia on Russia action or some kind of former Soviet states. I don't know what the technical term is. Those kind of countries only targeting our honeypots in Russia. So short answer, yes, is we do see some sort of geo, I don't wanna say geopolitical, but we do see some action like that going on.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Cause you're, I was seeing um, some of the stuff that you, They've posted about like new Mirai infected hosts that are, um, you know, attacked by country and stuff like that, or they're being propped up by country. And it's interesting to see the breakdown of it by country for specific uh, exploits and um, malware.
6: Yeah, and I I wish I could offer more insight on that on our our, our daily tweets, because right now it's just kind of top 10 countries, top five providers. I mean, you can go to our website, maria.badpackets.net and grab that data. Um, If you want anybody wants CSV export or API, I mean, we provide that. Very easily to anybody who's interested in that, but in regards to like the patterns being able to to correlate from there. I mean, obviously China has a, a massive problem with their IOT and a lot of their security practices that they've been on the top of our list for a while, but You know, if I could pull up, I wish I could pull up one of the old uh, graphs that I may actually have to do a new one soon for 2018 is when you kind of look at it at the macro level or looking at it over a period of time like a year, you do see some pretty crazy trends. Um, Let me dig it up and I'll post it in the channel, even though it's old. Give me one sec. Graph
1: shows. Nope, that's not it.
6: Yeah, my problem is I I put too much too much in Twitter. Twitter should not be my uh, repository for this stuff.
1: I mean, Twitter should be
5: everybody's repository for everything. I'm just gonna I'm gonna replace like Git commits with tweets.
1: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Immutable hey. ledger.
6: All right, I found the graph. And again, you can't really, this is just kind of more eye candy. Let me just post it in the channel. But, you know, as you begin to look at gather the larger data sets and make them look pretty, let me dump this in the voiceless voice channel here. As you can really see some kind of crazy patterns and activity stand out. So this one was for 2017 to whatever, halfway through 2018, but, you know, activities where we saw the Satori botnet coming on the scene towards the end of 2017, you've seen crazy activity as devices in Argentina. Um, I believe that was the Huawei Zero Day that was used popping up. So. Again, mostly eye candy in this case, but you can really kind of see some crazy patterns pop up over time. Um, Flash forward to week 19, I had to break this down by weeks in 2018, like Mexico had a major problem there for a while, but It's just curious to see, especially um, even with Russia that continues to top our charts to this day, like where the timeline there where they started popping up at the end of 2016. And really there's just been no remediation efforts to correct the devices and they just continually get reinfected over and over and over again.
4: Have you ever uh, made like relational graphs out of all of the data that you've picked up? Like maybe Neo4j?
6: No, I, I've been multiple people try to introduce me and stuff like graphistry and, and other applications, but you know, I just unfortunately have not gotten into them. It'd be
4: really cool to be able to like play around with them in like Neo4J. But yeah, it's kind of hard to get into.
6: Yeah, I mean with that being said, you know, I'm happy to share our data if anybody wants to do that. I mean, speaking of Mariah-like stuff specifically, more than happy to give you a dump of our data. With the enrichments, you know, which is just, you know, a uh, country and autonomous system like that. And definitely hit me up if anybody wants to do that. That's a kind offer. Thank you. Free data.
1: The best kind.
2: <laughs> so do you have any uh, predictions based on your data of what is to come with the state of the Internet and IoT and everything like that?
6: Um, it's a good question. We don't have, I wish we could say that we got some cool, you know, machine learning AI predictive analytics stuff. Um, we don't have anything like that at this time, but really is not as exciting as it sounds. It's going to be more of the same, you know, IOT isn't magically (laughs) going to become secure in the future. I mean, I know you guys talked earlier in the show, like in Japan, that they're going to go access it. I, I don't see activity like that happening widespread, you know, especially happening here in the United States, but might be wrong in that regard but it's just really going to be more of the same, um, some of the things that I observed last year that you know wasn't original to our research, like scans for Hadoop endpoints, you know high powered nodes out there continuing being compromised because their endpoints are exposed to the internet when they shouldn't be you know stuff like that, you know all these data breaches that we read about all the time. And, you know, it's Elasticsearch that shouldn't have been exposed to the internet. Oh, this was, you know, not properly secured or, ah, there's no authentication involved. So in that regard, I don't have any predictions for some, you know, hot new thing like that. It's more of the same and it's just not getting corrected. So uh, I mean, is there anything impressed. you would
1: recommend bad guys not
6: do- recommend bad guys not to do um well i i I can recommend again this is just something that i saw in a movie once is if you are a botnet operator and you do start engaging in direct messages with me you know on twitter let's say because that's how it went in the movie uh don't do that don't brag about your exploits um and don't pretend that you know that you're not involved with stuff as you're trying to say that oh it was my brother's uncle's cousin you know, running this botnet. Don't do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was, the, what was the line you like? Uh, don't, don't flex the self docs. Yes. <laughs> also, uh, first rule of flexing. Don't flex first. Or at all, really, but. Oh yeah. So anybody else in the
2: uh, chat in the last few minutes of this have any uh, questions for Mr. BadPackets here?
1: Somebody, somebody
0: wants to know the name of the movie that keeps getting referenced.
6: <laughs> <clears throat> uh, the movie I spoke of recently, if you want to go to KrebsOnSecurity.com, uh, you can read all about it.
0: That's KrebsOnSecurity.com. <laughs> Kreb-
5: KrebsOnSecurity 2019. <laughs>
1: Produced
4: by Crabs. Do you know what Krebs does Krebs. with his port scan data? I'm sorry, say that again? Do you know uh, what Krabs does with his uh, site logs or anything? Do you put him in an IOC feed or something?
6: I-, I don't know. I should ask him, honestly. I don't know what he does. I'm sure you could probably
4: firewall like half the skids in the world if you had some of that data. huh
1: Have any other... all seven... God. You have
3: any other fun stories about people doing things uh, that are were uh, very very dumb? <laughs>
6: um, I I got a few that we, we could pull from here, but I I just flipped back to, to Twitter. Kind of had the ad ADHD kick in there. Um, back to the CCC. So the 35 CC, the most recent one. We did a little traffic analysis. Of the temporary net block we spoke of earlier, it was just for 30 days. So of the traffic that came from that net block, that prefix, 75% of it was ZMAP scans, 24% was mass scan, and 1% was HTTP request. So overall, I'm not going to say, again, because we don't attribute malice that was not maliciously or abused, but it's just those one-off cases like that abode home security gateway It was like, well, why are you guys looking for it? You know, and again, this was in a conference that I attended, I don't know if somebody gave a talk, but it's just those unanswered questions that we'll never know, you know, maybe years later, you know, some exploit will come out, but stuff like that, I don't know.
1: Plasma's one in Twitch asked, what's the biggest thing you've learned in this adventure?
6: Um, The biggest thing I've learned is is be humble, admit your mistakes. You know, I'm new to the field. I I try to present stuff, you know, as objectively as I can. But, you know, during the the crypto jacking era of my life, you know, I, I really got tired of CoinHive and, you know, speaking of them as an organization and to see how their product was abused. So, you know, I got a little maybe impassioned, passionate about that kind of stuff but it's really, it's, you know, learn from your mistakes, you know, don't get down on yourself and and always, you know, look to collaborate with other people. If, if somebody, you know, wants your help or you see an opportunity that, you know, Hey, you know, I have some information, you know, here's what we're seeing. Let's work on this together. So really for me, collaboration is is huge. Yeah,
1: definitely. There's a
2: lot of people that are doing similar projects and it's like, the thing is is that not one person will be able to aggregate all of the data in the way that they would probably like to or in a way that they could even see themselves trying to do cuz there's just so much data and information that is just constantly hitting everybody every day but
6: yeah it'd be nice if we all had some massive feed that we could tap into but as you say that's never going to happen but you know with that being said it's always good to say, hey, you know, are you seeing this? Is how I've built a lot of relationships, met a lot of good people along the way. You know, especially through Twitter, is you know, hey, what are you guys seeing? Like, hey, you know, I've located these C2s, or you know, hey, we see this. You know, let's talk about it together, and, and you know, before we disclose or publish our findings, you know, let's just make sure that we have the facts straight.
1: And I do see one
6: question, sorry to interrupt, one question from the chat, Uh, the DerbyCon stuff, I I don't really have any comment on, I've never attended that conference, I have seen the unfortunate fallout on Twitter, Um, some of the information that was leaked was pretty disgusting, but, you know, me being new to the field, I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm immune to that kind of stuff, but, you know, I really hope, as a community, like, that's not the direction that InfoSec is going.
1: Thanks for uh, ready. Absolutely,
2: thank you. Um, Definitely looking forward to more information from you. Um, Seeing where your project goes, definitely gonna hit you up about those uh, about the data sources because we're always looking for that kind of stuff as well for our own uh,
6: purposes. No, absolutely if you want to have a conversation offline or in pro- uh, private i'm more than happy to share the information we have
2: beautiful yeah no awesome stuff and so yeah thanks everybody for for hanging out and um thanks everybody again for being um part of our community and i was actually about to pull up this patreon list again i forgot to because internet is so bad <laughs> i literally can't load any <laughs> um we'll we'll double yeah. shout next episode but thank you yeah i'm gonna start putting people in the show notes that was uh um but yeah so everybody who did um as i know it's been a long time coming um we i <laughs> the logistically trying to get the clssps um up and at them and out to everybody has been tough and so i thank you guys for your patience we I sent out a big batch of them as i said earlier. Um And so, if you are a $10, or if you've ever been a $10 Patreon subscriber, you get one. And I'm sending out another batch tomorrow. So, um, anybody who does want one, i seen them on Twitter, um, definitely go for it. And when you do get them, um, make sure you take a picture, put it on your resume. We'll probably start a LinkedIn group um, to verify (laughs) anybody who has one. And... uh,
5: I think we can yeah. uh, probably publish the serial numbers as being legitimate, just in case people do try, which I hope they do.
2: Yes, that is that is true. We have um we have a. Oh, I just the page. Is I feel like I'm in like 1999. Um, everybody who uh who gets one has a serial number associated with their uh with their CLS to speak. A lot of them are are special. If you if you are somebody who's been on the show or somebody that I know. I'll give you a special um meaningful numerological uh, serial. So we'll put the list online somewhere. Um, people's handles. Um the oh yeah, here's a Patreon list. I, was, I meant to shut this up so long ago. So thank you to Rob Poners, Walski, Sterling Archer, um Matt Houserath, um, Tony Velardi Gabe Ortiz, Hammer Keyboard, Dead Rabbit, Derek Cooley, Talon, Mayur, James, Josh Glenn, um, Rain McCall. Um, a. Nealon, uh, Dilesh Mystery Tuesday and uh, Chaos, who just um, this as well. Thanks, everybody. You guys keep our stuff. We have a lot of awesome stuff um, planned for the future, and we are on Spotify and iTunes, which you can put those links in our show notes. Um, everybody here, we are almost out of time for today, but I thank everybody here for being a part of
1: the podcast.
2: Sorry, I'm trying to get this thing to fucking load, and I can't. Here you go. Boom. Show notes. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Um. Everybody has any parting words before we head out?
1: Um. Yeah. You... Just, just shut up and get a lawyer. I guess. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Damn it. Thanks for so... having me. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah. Thanks for, yeah, coming. Thanks for coming, dude. It was great.
2: Alrighty. So with that. Um... Oh my goodness!
1: Shut the fuck <laughs> up, little <laughs> oh my... lawyer.
2: Ah,
1: uh, all right.
2: you mean hit the off button? <laughs> <laughs> got it. I got it. I can do this for once. All right. And boom. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Um. Goodbye.